The dynamic and really sometimes the very chaotic nature of a kitchen can be a blessing and it can also be a curse. People that have been in the food truck industry for a long time, they love cooking, they love prepping, they love waiting on people and they love doing it when it's busy until things go a little haywire and then it becomes not so much fun. We all live for that burst of adrenaline when everything is going right, but there is a big difference in being immersed in your work and enjoying it and then things just falling apart and being just utter chaos. So we're going to talk about some simple steps today to help you to streamline that cooking area on your food truck so it's not so chaotic. Welcome to the 10 Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, one of the first things I'm going to talk about is kitchen safety, and this is something I very rarely talk about, and I really should bring it up more frequently. Some of the things that I see when I step onto a food truck, we are not always really conscious of some of the basics that a restaurant would do automatically because they have an insurance company telling them, you can't have this and you can't have that. For example, I've stepped on a food truck that has those anti-fatigue mats, which is awesome, but they also can be a trip hazard, especially if they don't have the slanted edges. So now you have just that abrupt change in floor level. So now you've created a trip hazard. And when you start to trip, where do your hands go to grab? Anything that's nearby. Could be a shelf, not a problem. Could be a fryer. Could be a flat top. Now you got a big problem. Instead of just getting a bruise on your knee when you hit the floor, you've got a burnt hand. So kitchen safety is important. And it's not just the trip hazards. Do you have cut-resistant gloves? I know of food trucks that have meat slicers on them, but they don't have cut-resistant gloves when they clean it. There are people that hire new employees and give them those really, really sharp knives, and then they end up with cuts. But we don't have those safeguards in place. Like, for instance, when you go to filter your fryer, do you have a face guard to prevent splashes in your face? Do you have anti-skid shoes so you don't slip and fall? I can promise you that the metal that a lot of food trucks use is super slick. And even if it's a diamond plate, and you would think, well, that's really abrasive, and that's going to stop me from falling, it's not going to. It can be just as slick, if not slicker, than if you just allowed it to have water poured all over it and it froze solid. So you got to think about safety. And it's something, again, we don't talk about enough. Now let's talk about something that could really help your business when it gets busy and it gets noisy. According to OSHA, if a noise level exceeds 85 decibels, that's considered damaging. Now in a full kitchen where you got lots of equipment running and beepers going off and timers going off and the hood running, it's possible for that kitchen to generate well above 85 decibels. It's a little bit harder on a food truck, but because of the confined space, we get up pretty loud in there. Between the fryer having frozen food dropped in and it starts bubbling and fizzing and, and making all of its noise, the hood system running, the AC trying to throw air back into the kitchen area so that the hood can just suck it all back out. 
So we have lots of noises going on as well in our food trucks. But here's one thing that you can do to help cut down on the noise and then also help to make sure that you're concentrating on your guests. Have your cashier wear a headset and have that headset tied to the people that are doing the cooking. So now you've got at least one ear that's going to be protected from all the extraneous noise, but then you also have that earpiece as a direct link to the cashier. Hi, welcome to the food truck. May I take your order, please? And then the kitchen folks, the people that are making the food and assembling the food, can hear the order in real time and then react to that. Those types of headsets are actually fairly inexpensive, and you can get ones that are voice automated. So whenever the people aren't talking, it shuts off. So you're not hearing the little rumble of static, and you aren't hearing the extraneous noises that are a little bit farther away. But when they go to talk, you're able to hear. I use those many times in a lot of different restaurants, especially ones where we had to seat the dining room. So the host or hostess would communicate with somebody that's checking on the table status to make sure it's either cleaned or getting ready to be cleaned. And they could communicate without having to walk back and forth and talk to each other. Plus, look at it this way. If you get really, really busy, you can have your cashier, who's now wearing a headset, just grab that POS, walk out into the line and start taking orders, and your kitchen people can hear it. It'll make your speed of service go faster, and it forces the staff to concentrate on the job. And you get used to wearing headsets. I wore them for many, many years. You just get used to it. And then you almost feel bad when you're not wearing it because, hey, where's my headset? I need to be able to hear what's going on. Make sure your layout is efficient. And we've talked about layout in so many different ways. It helps your speed of service. It helps streamline the activity within the trailer. The food has to move, not the people. So at all possible, make sure the food is the only thing moving. And if something's not laid out right, don't be afraid to rearrange it. Don't be afraid to change it. And I'm talking about all the way down to just the positions of the toppings on your prep station. If you're making sandwiches, the toppings should be laid out in order the way you assemble the sandwich. If you put mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, then that's the way the pan should be laid out. Mayonnaise, then lettuce, then tomato. So it's just one movement to grab everything. Make sure that your POS system is updated. And you guys have heard me talk about the Stone Age. Please don't be handwriting tickets. Please don't even be depending upon a printer. Get yourself a kitchen display system. If you use Square, I know it costs 20 bucks a month, but spend the 20 bucks. Get yourself a KDS. If you're using Easy Eats, it's included. If you're using some other brand, they've got to have that add-on you got to get yourself to where you're not depending upon looking at a piece of paper to know what the food is. Because remember, if you're listening with the speaker system I just talked about, the headset system, then the only thing you'd have to do after that is just verify it when it comes up, the, up on the KDS. Go, yep, that's what I heard, and I got the food already started. The negative to using paper tickets, they're slow. The negative to using a printed ticket after the POS system just kicks it out for you is both pieces of paper had to be hung up on a ticket rail. And we already know that the hood vents in most food trailers is really, really more strong than it needs to be. So it's moving a lot of air. So when you open the window, you open the door, and you have that big gust of air that comes through, some of the tickets are going to fall. If it's thermal paper and they touch anything hot, now you can't read them. If it's handwritten, it falls into the fryer, the ink's going to just wash away. And then you have to pretend like you're a detective and try to, to uh, read the impression as opposed to reading the ink. So update your POS. Get out of the Stone Age. Get yourself something that's going to have a KDS and something that, on the other side of that, hollering out names and numbers, we don't want to do that. We want the KDS to send that notification via text to let people know their food is up and it's ready.
Another thing that you can do to help streamline that process in the kitchen is inventory tracking. That's where your POS comes in. But then you got to verify what the POS says. So if your POS spits out a daily sales report and it says you have sold 200 hamburgers, you should be able to walk through and look at your inventory and go, yep, we sold 200. But if you look through the inventory and it indicates you sold 225, you got to wonder why your POS doesn't have those extra 25 burger patties rung up. Did your staff give it away? Did you drop in the floor? Was your inventory count wrong to begin with? Those are the questions you got to start asking yourself when you start to track your inventory. Because guess what? When you track your inventory, you lower your overall food cost. And when you lower your overall food cost, then you don't whine about how much it costs your credit card processing. And I can promise you, anybody that's considering to go to some type of service fee, I can save you way more money in controlling your food costs than you'll ever save in doing that fee. Because you're still going to have a expense problem. You just won't be making as much money. And you're blaming it on something that has nothing to do with your inventory problems. Another thing you can do that can help you with your overall streamlining process is to look at your menu. I talk to people every single day where I get writer's cramp writing down everything they think they can sell. And then I have to reel them in and say, it's reality. You cannot sell this much food. You don't have the storage space. You don't have the refrigeration space. You don't have the prep time. You're going to take what should be an eight-hour day and turn it into a 12-hour day because you're going to have to prep all this food. And then what are you going to do when they don't buy it? Get mad at yourself because it's wasted. And then you blame the people when the problem lies with the person who wrote the menu in the first place. So make your menu streamlined. Streamline all the processes. Anything that's on your menu needs to have double duty. So every ingredient. If you're selling catfish, okay, you could have one that's grilled, you could have one that's deep fried. That qualifies as two different preparations for the catfish. Have everything pulled double duty. Give people choices, but keep those choices confined to just a few main products. You can sell a hamburger and have a dozen variations on it, but it's still just a hamburger. You can have a cheeseburger, so now you got two, a hamburger and a cheeseburger. You can put bacon on it, now you got three, but you're not adding Okay, let's do a pork burger, and let's do a chicken burger, and let's do a vegan burger, and then let's do a beef one. Oh, yeah, a buffalo burger sounds really good, too. Now you've gone over the deep end. If you're going to sell sandwiches and sell sandwiches and only sell one variation of it. And when I talk about one variation, I mean one protein. So sell a hamburger. Make it the best absolute hamburger you can make it. Put a couple of different options for the people like cheese and like bacon and that kind of thing. If you want to do a mushroom sauce or whatever, you can certainly do that, but you're not adding on four different types of protein and calling it, this is my hamburger, and you can have it with pork or chicken or whatever. Do that with every single meat product you got. Do that with every single item on your overall menu. Keep it simple. Start it with just four to five main things. A couple of side items, some drinks, and a dessert. And you will be golden. You'll make a whole bunch of money because you'll be able to do deliver the food quickly and impress a whole bunch of people so they'll want to come back and depend upon you because your food is delicious and your service is fast. Your goal when you're starting to streamline processes is to make your overall operation more efficient. And efficiency comes not only in speed of service, but it comes in how your money is handled. So you're not wasting money. You're not wasting time. Because if you're wasting time, remember, you got a payroll attached to that time. So if we can save time, we can save money then we got to do it. So we streamline. So just sit down and just look at your operation today. Even if you're making money and you feel really proud of what you're doing, ask yourself, can I improve just one thing? And if you can, go do it. But at least ask that question. 
Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.